Hi, welcome again to Healthcare Marketing Insights. For the week of July 20, this is Chris Bevelo from Interval Healthcare Marketing Agency that's putting on the podcast. And I am joined on my right by Adam Meyer, Design Director at Interval. Jackie Retackle. Account coordinator. That's <laughs> <laughs> on his other we're right. To, on my other right, where I don't even know if that's accurate. To, Sorry, Jack. To your south, because we're north. we're remote. We're remote today, so I so I throw you guys for a loop there and see if you could figure out who is on my right on the map. <laughs> I don't know who that would be. I think it's Jackie. Well, it depends, depends how you look. Well, at what a map, direction huh? are you facing? Uh, well, I always think of direction as opposed like I'm looking at a map, so north is always up which means to my right would be east. And I think Jackie is to the east of me. And I think you're to the left of me, yes. which would be the west. And I'm facing north. So technically you're looking at my backside right now. <laughs> I'm not looking. I'm actually looking northwest-ish. <laughs> okay. So this is all just for naught. <laughs> and I'm facing a wall. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, you guys. And Thanks. what should we talk about? We, I've got a couple of good things to talk about. Should we just dive into them? Sure. Let's dive in. Should we, save, should we save the fun stuff for the end? Because we have a couple of fun things, I think, at the end. Yeah. Sure. All right. Because sometimes we put those at the beginning, but let's save them for the end. All right. So the first thing is we wanted to pass along this slide, I guess is the best way to call it, that was forwarded to us. Uh, it's kind of a It's kind of a long chain of people, but... It was posted by a good friend of ours, Tom Stitt, who uh, we know very well, uh, and he tweeted about it. Uh, he was actually retweeting, uh, or somehow he got a hold of a blog post from Eric Brody, who's the president of Trajectory, which is a branding firm. And Eric has uh, a lot of brand experience. Uh, he's worked at Fabergé, uh, some other places internationally. But he was actually forwarding this resource uh, he gives credit to, who is it? Paul Isaacson, Senior Strategic Planner at Space 150. Now, that's a creative agency that actually has a presence here in the Twin Cities, uh, but also L.A. and New York. And there's some other people, too. But basically, this was a presentation from Paul Isaacson at Space 150. And it's just one slide. So it's a slide pulled from a presentation, and it's called The Evolution of Brand Building. And uh, we are firm believers in brand building. We've written a book on it. Uh, We talk about it all the time. And I thought this just did a fantastic job of clarifying how brand building has evolved or is evolving. And so basically, we'll provide a link to this on our uh, show page. But what you have is on the left, it says old, and it's a list of things. Uh, And on the right, it says new. And it's a list of things. And the old list has a subhead that says about transactions, which is how people used to build brands. And the new list is about relationships. And so here are some of the comparative things. So old is messages, new is conversations. Old is static, new is dynamic. Old is saying, new is doing. Old is look and feel, new is experience. Old is posing or spinning, new is authenticity. Here's one that we could talk about that I'm not quite sure uh, I agree on, but old is simplicity, new is complexity. I would actually like to think that's reversed, but yeah, uh, yeah. old is touch points, new is engagements, and there's one more, Adam, hang on. Old is audience, new is community. So I think we're firm believers in all that, but I know you were just going to jump in on the uh, old is simplicity, new is complexity. What were you thinking about that, Adam? Well, you know, 
I, I guess th- I agree with you. I don't know if that if that makes sense, but I guess you know hindsight is always twenty twenty. So maybe that's why it seems like you know when we're looking forward that everything is that 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 if you look at the new list, it seems like that stuff should be viewed as the simple stuff. You know, being authentic that shouldn't be difficult. <laughs> you know, that should be easy. Um, right. So it seems like the simplicity should be over there. Whereas before, you know, if 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 being authentic is the new, then obviously before it meant how do you spin things? How do you make things, you know, seem one way when they're not that way? Um, right. That that to me seems much more complex than than being authentic. Um, but like I said, yeah. hindsight is twenty twenty. So what you're doing in the past always seems like maybe it's not. You know, maybe it that was the complex. I don't. I don't. I don't know. So I, I guess I guess I agree with you that it seems like simplicity should be on the other side, but. Yeah. What do you think of that? What do you think, Jackie? I agree. Are there any of those you agree with that? <laughs> I, it depends. We don't know what he means by simplicity, complexity. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, I could read simplicity in the old view as uh, you have very simple like taglines and simple things that you're saying and you're just beating people. You know, Pepsi's the the new generation or whatever it is, and you beat people over the head with a very simplistic uh, mm-hmm approach whereas now there's there's a lot of complexity to the I mean, relationships are clearly more complex than transactions right mm-hmm. right so maybe that's what it's referring to but i would hope that you aspire to simplicity right uh as opposed to complexity in in your brand you want it to be easy for people to connect with easy for people to understand clear and simple so uh it, you know in that way i think it would be the other way around but i think maybe in uh, what it takes to build a brand that that is far more complex than you know pouring millions of dollars into a mass advertising campaign, right. which is what the old way was a lot about right so so maybe that 's what it is, but we just you know I think this is very uh, you know in one nice little comparison slide shows the contrast between kind of an old way of thinking and a new way of thinking uh, and does a great job of of capturing that, so we just thought we would share that. Real quick, and kudos to uh, Paul Isaacson if he's the one at Space One Fifty who came up with this. Uh, whoever, it's it's not like it's a magical, or revolutionary type of view on it. But again, this perfect example. He used a very clear uh, comparison to make a huge point. Mm-hmm. So that argues for simplicity right there. That's cool. So, yeah, very cool. So we'll we'll provide a post to actually the the, the link will take you to the blog post of Eric Brody. Uh, I don't see a link on there to the original presentation. He just captured a shot of the this, this screen. So hopefully uh, Paul Isaacson, the originator, will get credit from this somewhere on the on the interweb <laughs> somehow. <laughs> okay, so let's move on. Let's get into kind of a, a, a thicker subject, though brand building is about as thick as it comes. Uh, we've been talking a lot on our podcast and in our blog posts about pricing and the impact, the potential impact of healthcare pricing on consumer decision-making, uh, the resources that are available for consumers and comparing prices, the difficulty of uh, for providers and others to provide clear pricing and the system that makes that complex. And, and we've got some great conversations going on our blog about it. But, but really... I think we're spending a lot of time on price because it's it's fairly new. It's kind of an emerging trend when it comes to uh, 
how consumers decide mm-hmm. where they get their health care or, or how they're going to get it. There are a lot of other things, obviously, that would, would make up that value equation, uh, meaning what would consumers weigh consciously or unconsciously in making their health care decisions. There could be uh, you know, the, old, the oldies but the goodies, the insurance coverage, uh, your doctor's opinion or advice, proximity to the care itself, convenience is one that's becoming more and more important. The experience, uh, the overall experience that you get from uh, the care that you receive is one that we've hyped for a long time. Uh, and then the quality of the product, the quality of the clinical care, which is the one we thought we would dive in today. Instead of talking about pricing, let's talk about quality of clinical care. And as far as where does that rate uh, as a way for providers to differentiate themselves from the competition? Clearly, quality is important in the healthcare equation. We would never say that it's not. Uh, But from a marketing perspective, a branding perspective, uh, how much can providers hang their hat on quality as a differentiator from those in their market? What do you guys, just off the top of your heads, what do you guys think of of, uh, what kind of impact quality would have? Off the top of my head, I would say that is not something you can hang your hat on. Um, explain. It, this is, um, I'm trying to think of the best, best way to explain. <laughs> um, this is from my perspective. As somebody who doesn't necessarily use, as someone who's young and doesn't use healthcare a lot mm-hmm. because I just haven't had a lot of problems. You know, I have, I have allergies, so I get allergy drops and I go and I see my allergist on a regular basis. Um, I don't even do like that yearly physical thing that you're supposed to go. I should do that, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> that yearly physical thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I, I mean, I don't use healthcare a lot, but mm-hmm. my assumption, my assumption as someone who's young and doesn't hasn't used had 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 a big need to tap into our healthcare system is that it doesn't matter where I go. I assume that I'm going to get quality care wherever I go. Mm-hmm. So with that said, because I assume that wherever I go, I'm going to get good care, that doesn't really factor into my decision-making. Other things factor in instead. Proximity. Um, maybe price. Probably not. Because really with the insurance setup that we've got, you know, we, we pay whatever it is up to our deductible. And after that, we you know, pay uh, an amount of it or, or it's covered entirely. So for us, price isn't even really something that we worry that much about at this point. Yeah. Um, sure. So I don't, I don't know that if I saw an ad with one hospital, it, I, I, I kind of blow off quality at this, time, at this point in time. I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. services, you look, at, you look up ads for plumbers, and they say they're going to provide quality service. I'm like, whatever. Everybody says that. You know, you, or you have that guy come, and he's like a complete douchebag. You know, he's like doesn't do what he's <laughs> supposed to do. And I've experienced that. I called a plumber once. to, to We had a our shower in our basement was backing up. So I looked in the ad. I, I found the ad that looked, you know, reputable um didn't really use angie's list just got the ad that looked cool and they said that they're you know great people do a great job quality work called them in and the guy didn't do anything but referred me to somebody else who was supposed to come and snake a camera down the drain and that guy came and said i'm not snaking a camera down the drain i'm just gonna clean it out for you now are we still talking about plumbing or some kind of endoscopic procedure (laughs) (laughs) but but my point is there that's another service in which people can gloat they can talk all they want about of quality um, 
you know, when rubber meets the road, that's where it really matters. And, and I assume no matter which plumber I call, whoever comes is going to do a good job if they if they're a good business person or if they value their perfect, you know, their their income for that matter. Mm-hmm. So, so I, so that that's my view on it. I don't think it's something you could hang your hat on at all. But I think you just you just you made a great point, and then you countered your own self because you just demonstrated how uh, quality does matter. It right, does when rubber meets the road. It does not when, when the, you're right, when you're advertising, right? right. And that's yeah. that's part of it. What do you think? What do you think, Jackie? Well, I think quality is definitely more assumed. I mean, for me, and I kind of agree with Adam. You know, I'm younger. the The places I go to is just it's expected. So to me, the statement of quality, I kind of gloss over that. Things like proximity, convenience. You know, for me. Being young, insurance coverage is huge. I think it's huge for everyone. but And experience is huge. I mean, the other ones you suggested weigh in more heavily than quality to me. So, Well, well and we should be fair. I mean, everyone knows we do this from the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. We have a vibrant healthcare market with plenty of choices, lots of great hospitals, lots of great clinics. Uh, so, so we've got, uh, kind of a filter as we view things, True. but clearly it's not always the case that quality is assumed, uh, inner city or county hospitals, for example, the opposite might be true. People assume, uh, the quality isn't good. In fact, I just, I just caught a whiff of this in an article in the star tribune. We'll post a link to this in Sunday's paper where they were talking about how, uh, healthcare providers, hospitals in this market are really being aggressive about trying to attract women for uh, labor and delivery. And they were talking about all the money that hospitals were spending to soup up and, and make their uh, labor delivery areas beautiful. And the sentence read, even HCMC has you know improved their birthing rooms. Now, HCMC is Hennepin County Medical Center. Mm-hmm. So they used to be county-owned. They're the level three trauma center in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, that right there shows a bias because right. the sentence from the reporter was, you know, even these, you know, even this hospital is doing something like that, which infers that, wow, that says something that a county hospital in downtown Minneapolis would be spending money on something like that. So, yeah. so that's an example where it's not assumed. A lot of smaller communities. Uh, people assume, hey, that it must not be good. It's too tiny. Uh, it's podunk, whatever. But, but I think that's still a very valid point. Uh, you mentioned something else, Adam, that I think really takes uh, quality off the, the shelf as far as something you can really hang your head on, and that's everybody says it. It's the same thing as people saying, well, what makes us different? It's our people. Well, who's who's not going to say that? Right. Yeah. Who's going to say, you know, really convenient. Our people are jerks, but, you know, we'll get you in and out quick. Everybody says they have great people. And, you know, for most part, everyone has good people. Uh, but, you know, in both cases, the reality is not, the, is not equal to the perception, right? Mm-hmm. We all know situations where the people aren't great. And certainly the people in the know can tell you that the quality is not the same everywhere you go. Right. True. Uh, but, but that doesn't necessarily matter when it comes to marketing. Right. Not that you're, we're trying to spin or lie or anything, but, uh, you know, anyway, I, I've lost my train of thought. That happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm high on caffeine. But go ahead, Adam. You were going were you going to save my ass there? Please do. <laughs> no, I was just going to use an example of you know people from the inside having a, a a a different take a different take on it you know their own their own opinions their own feelings of it and using Hennepin County 
uh, medical center as an example of that. You know, you threw them out there as the, the reporter saying, even these guys, you know, the ones who, quote unquote, you would least expect, you know, to do something like this. I've got a, a, a friend who's a paramedic. Um, and I was talking to him about hospitals that he brings people to with like within the Twin Cities. And his, his opinion, he was like, if, I, if I'm ever in an accident, um, the hospital that I would want to be, that I would demand to be taken to, you know, assuming he was in the state that he could demand any such thing, would be Hennepin County. He's like, right. she's like, I see the way they work mm-hmm. when with the patients we bring in versus the way other hospitals work. And he's like, not that the other ones are bad, but I just see the way that they handle patients when they come in. And he's like, and that's the way I want to be handled. And that's coming right. from the mouth of somebody who, who, who works, you know, in that area. So it's just, um, it really, it just depends on whose mouth it's coming out of. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's, it's just very difficult to distinguish yourself. Uh, quality, certainly hospitals like ACMC or, uh, smaller community hospitals may have to fight hard to make sure that they are, it is assumed or to overcome perceptions. Uh, but to go out there, you know, there are certainly circumstances where somebody offers something uh, that is truly amazing quality wise, uh, but it's very, very rare, few and far between that you could actually hang your hand out. The other part of this is it's very difficult for consumers to discern what is good quality when we're talking about clinical care. Uh, you know, we're seeing more and more hospital rating sites, health grades been out there for a while. Uh, but still it's very difficult uh, if you're trying to figure that out. Yeah. What, what, what is good quality? I mean, what, I mean, just, yeah, right. How, how would you define, how could you even define that? Is good quality meaning you're going to have a nice experience? You're going to come in and get tea and cookies at the front door and people, the doctor is going to be extremely friendly or does good quality mean you're going to come in and you're not going to get any sort of there's no tea, there's no cookies, there's no coffee. The doctor isn't necessarily friendly, but he's extremely thorough. He's extremely educated. He knows exactly what's mm-hmm. going on, and he gives you the best service possible. I mean, how do you define what quality is when it comes well, to healthcare? They're, they're trying, and I think what you're pointing out is if we're talking about clinical quality, the tea and the cookies don't matter, but but a lot of consumers will assign value to those things right. that may trump the quality. Right. But, a lot of the national discussion is is how do we define quality because we need to be reimbursing people based on quality, and there's no way to do that if you can't define it. Uh, certainly benchmarking uh, appropriate treatments, uh, how do you diagnose people, outcomes, what outcomes should be expected, giving certain uh, disease states, all of those things, you know, we're getting to a point where, where that's going to be possible. Uh, and, and what's interesting to me is, you hear you hear people on both sides of this of this argument. Some people like us, I think, would say, "Hey, look, quality gets you onto the playing field. It does not help you win. I mean, if you don't have good quality, you're not even in the game." Yeah. There are other people that have come out and said, "Hey, quality is all there's going to be in the future. That's where you should pin all of your hopes." Uh, and both of those are a little extreme. But I think one thing you could think about is the role of transparency in all this, because. One of the reasons why you have different prices, for example, for the same thing at different hospitals, there's a myriad of reasons why that occurs, but the reason it's allowed to occur by consumers and they're not marching with pitchforks on these hospitals or, or sources that are charging way more than they, they get somewhere else is because they don't know. And the same is with quality. It's very difficult for people to either understand or see what the actual outcomes are. Now, that's changing. And typically what would happen is, as in both cases, transparency takes hold, uh, you would have, first of all, you would see all the differences. And the, and the outliers would either you know, get crushed 
because their quality is so horrific, or on one hand, their prices are too high, or the people that are out ahead will, will get a short-term benefit from it. But typically what that would do in a market is it would uh, flatten the market. So everybody's going to come to the middle. If you think about pricing, the people that are charging a lot will come down. The people that aren't charging enough will go up. And the same with quality. People will move toward the middle. Mm -hmm. And all that does over the long term is eliminate those things as ways to distinguish yourself right. because they become commodity elements in the, in the equation. So uh, safety is another great example of that where, you know, I don't think we'd ever advocate that you pin your marketing messaging on safety, right. but people oftentimes think that that's what they need to do. So, right. so that's one way to think about the future. I just put on my, my Swami hat and try to <laughs> see out way too far. That's always <laughs> dangerous to do. But. So anyway, we, we, you know, we don't have all the answers. We definitely have strong opinions, but this is a great talker, I think, for people to think about, mm -hmm. well, really, where does quality fit? And of course, it depends. Depends on what you're promoting and all that. But right. anywho, that's a pretty thick topic. <laughs> Yes. That was thick and heavy. Don't you think? Thick and heavy. <laughs> <laughs> like old cream sitting in the refrigerator. Nasty. Thick, heavy, and kind of skank smelling. Excuse me while I vomit. <laughs> I don't know that quality is skank smelling, but it's not, it's not always the funnest thing to talk well, about. There's a, there's a slogan for you. Skank smelling. We're not skank smelling. Quality is not skank smelling. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's finish on a, uh, a fun, positive note uh, with our always interesting segment, Ads We Love, which this time I've titled Ads We Love or Hate or Ambivalent About, <laughs> because I do have some ambivalence about this first one, yeah. uh, which has been making the rounds. I've seen it posted on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, and it's the Evian baby ad which shows how does it, it says something like, how does it feel when you drink Evian? And then it uses um, CGI technology that shows these babies dancing for like a minute. Right. Now I'm ambivalent about it because I think it's cute for about five seconds and then it gets really old. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it gets creepier. It is kind of now. How did, so that's the other response. One response is people love it. They adore it. They think it's the best thing ever. Uh, I'm a little bored by it, but then there are people that are creeped by it. Why are you creeped out by it? Whoever, Jackie, you said that first. Yeah, that was me. Well, when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, this is kind of cute. But then it went on too long. <laughs> it was just like, that's not okay that there's babies doing some of that. And you know, know they're not what real the, babies, what right? What the hell do they have to yeah. do with bottled water? Because it, it, but no, wait a second. We're branders. <laughs> it doesn't have to have a direct connection. It's supposed to make you feel alive and youthful and feel like dancing. It's like lizards with Sobe life. Left. It doesn't though. I mean, yeah. that one, that, well, the other thing though, that immediately caught me up was that dancing baby <laughs> is so over. Allie McBeal. Oh God. Yeah. It's so overdone. It's been in so many things. I mean, you can't dancing baby needs to go away. And I know okay. this was roller skating baby, which is slightly <laughs> different than dancing baby. <laughs> Well, but, but they dance. I mean, I think the big part of it is they dance. They do kind of the bit where they Break one guy kind of dances off, yeah, and goes up and I think and kind of I think what poses was, in front of the I other guy. I think what was and... creepy about it is the whole uncanny valley thing. Um, the thing that was creepy to me was that it's very obvious that these are real baby faces that are superimposed on digital bodies. Yeah. Yet the digital right. bodies just had that weird creepy movement. That yeah. didn't. That wasn't real. If you if you look at like Ali McBeal and the dancing baby, I believe that that whole the whole baby was digital in that case. You know, and you could kind right. of tell even the face that was on it was not 
a human, a real baby face. In this case, it was real baby faces on all of those things, but an unnatural body. So it just, it gets into that, it kind of, it's that uncanny <laughs> valley thing. You're kind of put off by it because you know it's not, it's trying to appear real, but there's elements there that aren't real. So it, it makes you push it away. That's how I think it was kind of creepy. So you were somewhat repulsed. Yeah, basically. Okay. And by the way, kudos to Babyface reference. Babyface is one of the best artists and music writers of the 80s. And if you're not familiar with his music, go out and get it. I and forgot all about Babyface. One of the best find his songs uh, on bank iTunes. robbers of the like 40s, I believe, too, right? Babyface Nelson. <laughs> two, yeah, the two, two different people. Oh, speaking two of which, isn't, isn't there a new Johnny Depp movie out which, in which I think Babyface yeah. has an appearance? Uh, he might be in there. Yeah. Looks, yeah he was that. also in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, which was a fantastic little scene. But yes. here's, the thing, here's the thing that creeped me out before we move on to the next ad. Um, at the end, uh, there's all this upbeat stuff, and then there's a female voice that says something like, Evian, live young. <laughs> And it scares the crap out of me. It's yeah, the shining. Creepy. It's the ring. It's some of the video games I play where I literally jump off my couch because it, it freaks me out because something happens. You've got these wonderful little touching humorous babies and then some creepy. Live <laughs> young. Red Rob. Red Rob. Schmeagle. Gollum, Gollum. Live young. My precious. Yes, right. that's it. <laughs> and we're done. That was not appropriate. <laughs> not appropriate at all. It's a pedophilic, spooky, scary voice at the end of this baby ad. Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting not choice. Not smart. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we got to move on before we You guys took it to a whole scary. new level, but it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, let's, another one that I think we all like. I don't know if we've heard from you on this, Adam. Is the Prius Harmony ad? Love, love that ad. It's I've so never cool. seen anything fantastic. I've never seen anything done like that before. Beautiful ad, mm-hmm. great ad. Beautiful, yes. And the cool music, music is dead on, and the and the visuals, and it's so Prius. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so who they are, what they stand for, and 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 the people that would be interested in the Prius would love this ad. Mm-hmm. Right. Very so, lovely. yes, and, and Jackie and I, you and I talked a little bit about, uh, you know, you always question going so strong for your core audience that you potentially turn off people that might be on the border. Right. Is that a possibility with this ad? Because it's so flower child, save the world. Green is good. Yeah. You know, everybody smoke pot and watch this ad. (laughs) Uh, Do you potentially turn off people that are in the middle on the fence? You know, I think, well, Jackie, go ahead and answer first. What do you think? Well, I kind of think so. I mean, the bottom line is I just generally think that someone's going to go out and buy a Dodge Ram truck is, you know, would, would look at this ad and shake their but heads. But they're not on the border. They're not they're on the border. I mean, I might be somebody who's on the border, and it doesn't offend me, but I I just wonder if it's, – it's an interesting question to pose that if you mm-hmm. go so much to our core audience, do you risk turning away people that might be a step away? Adam, were you going to say something on that? I don't know. I, I don't – I don't know. I think I don't I don't see how this if somebody's a step away, I couldn't see how this would turn them off. You're right. It's I just too right. there's nothing there's nothing turn offish about. It. The only people this is gonna turn off is the person who would only consider the the F one fifty, you know, who just is not into green anyway. Or and I shouldn't right. say that. I mean obviously there are some people who literally need to drive an F one fifty to get their job done. 
they want to be green, but there's no there's no option for them out there to get to, you know to haul crap around right. in something that runs on electricity or corn. Um, so. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't I would I couldn't see this pushing away people who are on the border. No, but it, well, what what I well, go ahead, Jackie. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say that I'm um, well, speaking of losing your train of thought. I just did. Well, <laughs> go ahead, there. Chris. I'll, I'll save you, I'll save your butt this time. It it it's certainly when you when you embrace your inner self like that, uh, you have to be okay with the Rush Limbaugh's of the world because you're you're mm-hmm. reinforcing their negative stereotype of of those kind of. Right. products and the people who buy them but you know what who gives a crap right because if you're true to yourself then you don't care about them anyway so right, right. i say kudos to the ad i think it's i think it's dead on yeah. yep yep i saw i had a chance to see it i can't remember what movie it was at but it's been in some movie theaters as well um so it was kind of fun to see it on on a on a big screen a really big screen yeah that would be neat yeah okay we're pushing a half hour that was a fun one, but I think we better draw to a close. Does that sound okay? Let's yes. wrap it up. Oh, fine. Okay, so for Schmeagle, Gollum, and I all the scary voices, this is Chris Bevelo. Adam Meyer. Jackie Rotaco. Signing off. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.